Welcome to Let's Therapy, where we get real and raw about your mental health, faith, and blended family. We're your hosts, counselors, Scott and Vanessa Martindale. Now let's therapy. Hey guys, welcome back to Let's Therapy Season 2. We are rolling. We're going to have a great time. We are your hosts, Scott and Vanessa Martindale, counselors, and uh, all things proponents of mental health. Yes, absolutely. today we are going to dive into a topic about identifying and helping your kids when they're dealing with mental health issues. Yes. So we have four kids. We have four boys. Yes. And so even though our kids are, we have some young and one older senior, um, and we've obviously worked with counseling families for a long time. So we've Mm -hmm. seen this in families and we see it more predominantly now than even before. Yeah. So why don't we dive in, Vanessa? Talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on dealing with kids who are struggling with mental illness. Yeah. You know, I think, first of all, you know, we live in a world that's so just, I mean, it's- Yeah, fast paced. And there is a lot more that our kids have to deal with now, especially in the school system Mm. than they did before, than we did growing up. You know, I know for our oldest, I feel like he's in college and I actually feel like he does more than I did in college, you know, growing up. And so there's just a lot more added stressors. You know, you have social media, you have technology, you have all of these things that are really fighting for their attention and, um, and just kind of yelling at them, so to speak. And so a lot of this can cause anxiety. It can cause depression. We have a lot of kids that come in from for anxiety. We treat yeah. a lot of kids and teens with anxiety. And really, this stems from um, just, uh, it can come from a life or just situations where everything feels out of control. And oftentimes, it's because we're doing too much or there's too much going on. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to cope with it or deal with it in a healthy way. And therefore, unhealthy um, coping mechanisms are then uh, put into place. And this is where a lot of that anxiety um, then develops because we're not coping with the things that we are having to deal with in a healthy and constructive way. Yeah. I mean, you think about it and you talked about the differences. I, I want to just point something out. I'm, I'm 47. And, you know, when, when I was in school, you know, let's just talk about bullying for a second. And as that, yeah. as that goes on to create different mental health issues. But when I was in school, bullying was, it was a physical thing. Yeah. Like you got pushed, you got put in a locker, you got in a fight at school. I mean, these were all things that were very... Um, they're right, right in front of you, yeah, and off and obviously very noticeable to parents and to teachers. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these things were identified early on. Fast forward to today, bullying doesn't happen in the fists. It doesn't happen in a physical way. It's all about bullying online or through social media or through Instagram, uh, you know, comments on pictures or you know maybe something you've done, screenshotted and sent to a thousand people. So you're right. Kids today deal with a different level of anxiety and issues that as parents, we just didn't have to see. Yeah. And so you talked about the unhealthy coping coping mechanisms that people use. And that's where you're seeing these huge spikes in vaping, huge spikes in smoking, huge Mm -hmm. spikes in doing alcohol, drugs, things like that. Very unhealthy. Well, and also isolation can be another Mm. um, source of 
coping, you know, maybe it's video games. It's, you know, uh, it's something that helps them escape. And so what are some things that we can do to help our kids and support them in their mental health? And as we were just talking about unhealthy coping mechanisms, one thing we can do is model healthy coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. And that really comes from um, us as parents just being proactive about that. And these are activities that we can do together with them, such as, you know, we talk about deep breathing for adults. Like this is beneficial to everybody. Um, Using stress balls, you know, uh, art therapy is another form of therapy where you get creative, you draw, you paint, you know, it takes your mind off of of all the things that you're thinking about or that might be causing you stress or anxiety, going on walks, physical exercise. What are some things that we can do as parents that we can model uh, to our children that are healthy and um, and they, they not only help with our mental health, but it's self-care and teaching them that at an early age? I, I can't understate the importance of that. I mean, as parents, we do need to, to model those. we got to take care of ourselves yes. so that our children are watching us on how we deal with our stress and anxiety and what we're doing. Yeah. But you, you talked about, you know, if you've identified a child who may be struggling and, and we're we're kind of tailoring this to anxiety. Mm-hmm. I think I think we could probably do a separate one on depression. Um, but anxiety is probably one of the most prevalent. Yeah. So we talk about isolation. So I just want to touch this for a second. So I know a lot of parents and, and, and I've even we've been guilty of this before, mm-hmm. is we see our teenager come in, go straight to their room, close the door, and we may not see them again until they're hungry. And yeah. that's only if they haven't brought food to their room. Yeah. So this isolation, we as parents kind of get into this mode of saying, well, that's just where they go to feel comfortable or, you know, that's where they go to relax. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of times we look at it and say, Well, they're not bothering us, so I don't want to bother them. So we enable this behavior to continue day in, weeks, months, even for years on end, where they really only have a relationship with their room and their phone. Yeah. So encouraging is a soft word. Uh, requiring is probably the word I'm looking for, but requiring that your teenager or your child comes out of their room, Mm -hmm. gets in with the family, whether that's a family dinner or like you said, maybe going on a walk together. Um, But discouraging isolation is a great first step. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, this is where, um, you know, you create a routine and set clear boundaries at home. And so I know when our kids come through the door, you know, a lot of times it's like, hey, let's get a snack. Let's kind of unwind from the day. And, you know, we let them kind of go do a fun activity, you know, for about an, a half hour or so. We're getting ready for dinner. And then it's, okay, let's sit down. Let's get our homework done. Let's get baths done. We read our devotional. There's really not a whole lot of time in between for you know, the, for that isolation yeah. and things to occur. And, and, and we really, um, really promote them being outside of their room, um, and being a part of the family. So like you said, Scott, with family dinners or, um, going on those walks, things like that. So creating a routine and setting clear boundaries of at home of, Hey, you can only be on electronics for 30 minutes or, Hey, you can have some alone time for 30 minutes, but we're going to come down and we're going to have family time together. Um, I think another thing too, is just consistently providing positive feedback and encouragement to them in anything that they're doing, whether that's their schoolwork, that's their relationships and their sports. Um, again, this is, you know, things that we can do to not only um, 
help improve their mental health, but it's things that they can start implementing themselves. So they can start giving themselves positive feedback or even saying, you know what I did today that was awesome, mom or or dad, um, and really getting them to start thinking about the positive things that they uh, did throughout the day or even encouragement that they gave others. Yeah. I, I think too many parents today are so passive in this area. Yeah. I don't know the way to say it other than just saying they're passive. And being proactive is part of parenting. Yes. And I understand that us parents, we live a stressful life and we have a lot going on and we don't have a lot of downtime. But we can't just sit back and wait for somebody else to help our child. Right. We can't just rely on somebody else to teach them. Mm -hmm. We have to be proactive. Yeah. So... No, I love that. Um, when you talk about being proactive, another thing we can do is involve them in decision making. Um, as adults, you know, we typically know what's best for them, but at a certain point, when we can um, allow them to have a voice in certain things and be a part of decision making, that's going to increase. Um, that's going to help their mental health. They're going to mm. feel like they have a voice. They're going to feel like their their voice matters, yeah. that they have a say in the situation. And so that can really help their self-esteem. And it also helps them to become better decision makers in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Anxiety at a, at a certain level is almost like paralysis by analysis. If you, if you don't know the end result or if you don't know the process by which you're going to get to the end result, again, that is a cause of more and more anxiety. Yeah. I would say another uh, tip that we have to help kids care about their mental health is let them or have the conversation of talking about emotions and feelings on a regular basis. So, you know, if you kids get in the car and you notice they're having a bad day, just be like, hey, like what happened today? Tell me the good things. Tell me, you know, the not so good things. And then really diving into those um, those emotions that they're feeling or those feelings and talking through that. Yeah, and you can't stop at one question. No. So let me let me, let me say that because a lot of parents are like, well, I ask how my you know my son or my daughter's day was, and their answer is fine, and that's it. You have to be one of those inquisitive people who are who are paying attention to get under the details. You're not going to take the first answer, maybe not even the second or the third answer, but ask more probing questions, more open-ended questions, or, you know, tell me how, you know, this situation made you feel, or, hey, are you frustrated with X, Y, Z? You know, what what you're doing through this process, and and I want to just kind of draw this back, most people, when it comes to feelings, they don't have an avenue to freely express. Right. And they haven't learned how to freely express. That's why concepts like journaling are so good. That's why concepts, and we're going to talk about counseling, are so good. Mm -hmm. But as parents, we want to encourage our children to be active with their emotions. And in order to get to that point, you have to be persistent in your pursuit of getting those emotions out. Well, I think we have to remain curious. Curiosity leads to intimacy. And the more curious that we can be about our children, the more curious that we can be about their emotions, and they can be curious about their emotions, um, then I think the closer that we can... um, we can come in relationship with them, that trust level gets built more and more. So then they will want to open up to you more when they're feeling, um, you know, maybe some emotions they've never felt for the first time. And so, I, and I think it will also um, spark an interest, you know, within themselves that says, why am I feeling this way? Yeah. And going, taking that to God and saying, God, what is within me that, 
that is making me feel this way right now? Like, why is it that when my friend said X, Y, Z, I felt this way? What, mm. Where does that come from? And it begins a dialogue within themselves and with God to then be able to process that, process that out with him. And ultimately, he's going to lead them to that answer and show them whatever it is. Um, but it allows them that opportunity to grow closer into the Lord and to learn more about themselves and mm-hmm. you know what makes them tick, what doesn't. Um, and then I would say that the last thing is, and this one is so important, and we talk about communication all the time, but keep communication open and honest with your kids. Uh, you know, I know at certain ages we think, oh, they're too young. We don't need to talk about that, or we're afraid to talk about something. But um, you know, I think the more honest and open that we can be with them about certain issues and things that are going on, I think it builds, again, it builds trust and there's a respect level with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. All of these things are absolutely vitally important. And, and again, we're really focused on, you know, children's mental health really as it specifically applies to anxiety. I, I want to drop a couple more things and then we're going to talk about a little bit about counseling before we leave, because I don't want anybody to leave this podcast without understanding a little bit more about maybe how to seek help for if you do see this. But I want to point out one that may not be extremely obvious, which is just the physical health of that child Mm -hmm. and how it's relating to their uh, emotional and mental health. You know, kids don't get enough sleep. They may not eat the right ways. Um, There may be something actually physically wrong, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, with their body. So getting them regularly connected with their doctor to make sure that, you know, there's no, there's no chemical, you know, blood imbalances, things that are, everything's good with their blood work. It's always a great first step. And I don't want to miss that step. Um, The last thing we're going to talk about before we, before we move on to our next podcast is counseling. Obviously we're big proponents of counseling. We uh, own a counseling practice here in Colleyville, Texas. Uh, and our biggest client are teenagers. Yeah. And, and uniquely, we built Seven Therapy in an environment that's really inviting to teenagers. But why is it important for, well, let me say, let me ask a different question. Why do teenagers not want to get counseling? Yeah, you know, I think that they, a big part of that is just the stigma. You know, it's that something is wrong with them or maybe that their friends are going to make fun of them or they're even afraid to tell their parents. Maybe their parents are high achievers, uh, high, super high functioning, and the kids are, they're not like that. They're the complete opposite. And they see frustration from their parents when they don't perform like they do. So then they become scared or almost... um they're afraid to admit weakness and they they don't voice that to their parents and then they're dealing with it alone. Um, and this is where keeping the lines of communication open, like I said earlier, and making yourself approachable as a parent and not placing judgment or shame, um, but just being able to listen to them. But yeah, I think that that's a lot of why, um, you know, kids struggle with wanting to come in or, you know, they're, they're afraid of what their friends are going to say. I can't tell you the amount of parents that I've talked to who have serious issues with their kids and their kids are dealing with very, very serious issues, whether that is, you know, severe crippling anxiety, depression, substance abuse, and even, you know, further on down the line. I can't tell you one parent that I've met with that said, I I wish I, I wish I would have just come to counseling first. Yeah. They always get to the end and think, I wish I would have done it right from the beginning. Yeah. So I'm just encouraging you, if you, if your kids have uh, anything going on with them, don't be scared. Don't let the stigma give you fear. 
uh, from going and seeking a great counselor, a great biblical counselor who can speak into your child and into you as parents and help you navigate that situation. Yeah, no, so, that's good. Guys, we're wrapping it up on Let's Therapy. We're going to be back next week with another episode. We cannot wait to see you and talk to you again. Have a great day. Be blessed in all that you do.